another week, another chance for more behind the scenes, inside knowledge of Hollywood here on Hollywood 2.0, The Vigo Show. I'm your host, Michael Klaus. We are missing another one of our fearless leaders, Ben Gantz, who is the founder of Vigo Pictures. This did digital marketing for American Idol, Kevin Hart's network, Laugh Out Loud. Very blessed to have another member replacing him, Madison Myers, who is a WWW wizard, a social media savant. You work in consulting with several social media companies, putting content out, trying to figure out what's next in this whole industry as we all are. And of course, we're so blessed to have back Ariana Jacob, who is the founder of influences.com. I'm still literally, I've been thinking this past week, man, it was such a great get influences.com. Just still, it's incredible. So congratulations on that. Thank you both for joining us. Okay. Hollywood 2.0. The Vigo Show. We're picking up exactly where last week's episode left off. We left off last week kind of asking that question, man, where is this future going to go? We talked about the whole social media influencing, which is where everyone is putting content out right now. All sorts of brands are being able to release stuff to be able to, to get to their direct consumer. Where is it going to go next? Today, we're kind of talking about that, talking about not even you know people that we see on social media of their accounts, but accounts owned by number of people who have not burner accounts, but what would the best way that you would describe them? I, I like to call them faceless accounts. And before okay. I get into that, I'd All like right. to say that was a brilliant intro. I'm going to have to get that copy because I'm going to have to use that <laughs> from now on is what I, I do. I made you sound good. You made me sound great. WWW wizard or social media I, savant? I Which think one social media guru. Whatever, whatever you said, I'm going to have to get that clip and just put that on my Instagram for life. There you go. But, it's uh, easy, easy. No, thank you for having me. And I so, appreciate you being here. I'm seriously, like, I know that the people that you work with and the information that you have and I know a lot of it was even like trial and error of just figuring out this world that a lot of people now are taking notice and saying, how does this work? You're two to three years ahead. I try to be. And I, I think a lot of it is through trial and error. I mean, a lot of what I do is I constantly try and learn. If you're not learning, you're not going to succeed. So if you're not constantly learning something and constantly trying to develop yourself, you're one step behind the competition. So we, you guys were talking about in the last episode where you think the game is headed and you know, it's in the last three years that I've seen this emergence of what I like to call faceless accounts, accounts that don't necessarily have a particular person behind it, a face to it. It's more of a hobby account or it has a genre that they cover or even something funny that people are doing meme uh, accounts, things like that. A lot of, have you guys seen at Betches? Yes, matches, yep. which is yep. being converted into a show. Yeah, I yeah, I'm I don't know if I'm wow. supposed to be saying that yet, but <laughs> inside it's, knowledge, it's being it's uh, I believe uh, Channing Tatum's company is wow. taking that over. So what are other ones? Because we enabled yeah. uh, overheard LA, overheard yes. LA. Uh, we were talking yes. about like stupid people doing things, the, the doing pe things family. So uh, is that a fa that's a family? It's a family of accounts. It's a it's a group that owns that those accounts. Um, there are literally hundreds of them out there that are some of the best videos on Instagram. On Instagram yeah. from what I've heard and that goes back to that theory that I've had I'm sure people other people in the industry have had of these people are becoming media companies and groups of people yes. are they're gonna be the next Condé Nast Meredith yeah. Corp hmm. Time Inc that's I think for me the, the the big picture but you know it's funny earlier you were saying I don't know what you really call me, you know, is it, <laughs> and I feel the same way because I'm always it's, thinking ahead and sometimes you, like, I don't want to be stuck in whatever everybody's doing. Mm -hmm. I want to see what the next thing is going to be mm -hmm. and hopefully not be too early, you know, because yeah. if you're too early, then it might not work. Well, yeah, so, it's, it's, Some people ride the wave. You want to be the person who gets in that position. And when the wave comes, I was just about saying, I was just about saying the internet is a flowing river and it's about when you get in that river is going to either make you succeed or rock the boat and have you crash. So you really have to position yourself at the right time at the right place and come up with the right idea because then you can ride that wave, mm -hmm. get in that river and succeed. And you, and you can really do it in multiple ways. So, you know, it's funny that you were mentioning, you know, betches and stuff, but I think there is a full production show on middle-class fancy um, that's being made from these faceless accounts because they have a 
style to them. And finally, we're starting to see traditional media, these these shows that are being adapted specifically from these faceless accounts, these accounts that just cover some sort of an interesting thing that people like to see, whether it's the overheard LA and what people are saying, you know, in LA, which is, which they're hilarious. And by the way, I got a rate card from one of those companies and it was probably three or four times more expensive than what an influencer would charge. Sure, sure. Now what I'm here to talk about too, and what we were talking about with the future is, is there are the bigger companies like that, but there are so many younger kids that have access and that have been curating things since they were just getting on Twitter or just getting on Facebook or Instagram and they created these shows or these little, essentially shows, but they're little Instagram pages that cover a certain topic, a certain hobby. They're funny, but they attract, you know, a, a, a small size, niche. you know, a niche group of people that want to share this. They're very shareable content. So yeah. my idea is that, you know, these pages are not only becoming, you know, it's, it's creating people's attention span to be like three to five seconds, but they're sharing content out there. So I see it being a world in which we start following these meme pages because we think they're funny, but these kids are building these because they're curating audiences that are following a specific thing on each of these pages. You know what's crazy though? You would think that the big influencers with five, 10, 20 million followers that they would somehow acquire an account or a, a, a name Mm-hmm. that is just one category like instead of doing it you know so and so shop or so and so fashion it should just they should go try to acquire sure uh, just like we used to try to find domains mm-hmm. yeah but it's like it's very true it's very ego You're, driven almost like they want everything to have their name on it but it's almost less valuable that 100%, way. 100%. so how many you know we're talking about these family like that family you yeah. know of people doing things and you know we're uh, talking about people growing multiple pages. How many pages do you think a, a, a person, a normal person has, or what is a range of, I actually control X number of pages? Well, it's funny that you say that because I've, you know, in working with, in the industry for so long, we actually, uh, in, in a former company that I was with, were acquiring um, kids that were in middle America that were, that maybe had anywhere from 10 to 30 accounts that covered all different genres that they were just creating funny content. They were literally on Twitter all day long trying to find the next meme, the next stuff. So they were pushing content that everybody was making travel online. And so they'd curate these funny, you know, memeable, likable, shareable pages. So there are kids out there that I know for a fact were, were getting billions of impressions across 10 to 30 accounts that were outranking, you know, guys like Donald Trump on tweets. <laughs> I had a guy that I knew. Fake news. That, <laughs> wrong. Very fake wrong. news. Very fake news. <laughs> that was a good but impression. he was legitimately getting three to five billion impressions a month across all of his accounts. When you say kids, what is... I know, I call them kids. I call them kids. We call them kids. What is an age range? It does make us sound so old, but you know, when, 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 you know, I was doing this when I was his, their age, we didn't really have social media like we, they do today. So this is teens, like 16, 17, 16, 17. When they started, they were probably at the very minimum of what the, the, when I, when I was in high school, I used to beg my parents to, buy me bandwidth so I could upload my videos because there was no way to share a video through yeah. through email or anything like that because I would make all this content and I had no way to upload it and it was like $50 for yeah. you know two minutes yeah. and it was, it's, it's crazy it makes me feel so old oh but yeah the invention of YouTube was so huge actually when I met Ben mm-hmm. He and I were going to the frat house and editing, and but that was <laughs> it was unheard of. I mean, people thought we were crazy, and they're like, "You have somebody following you around with a camera." Like the only reason to do that is if you had a reality show on MTV. Mm-hmm. And they were only editing at the frat house, by the way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> I like his big sister. So. Yeah, it, well, but it's it's totally true. I mean, I remember going home and talking to my friends through AOL through a dial-up connection because. 
you know, this was like when I was, this is what the first thing that came out, which was really the first connector for your friends on where they were at all times. Yeah. Because other than that, I just had a list of numbers that my mom printed out of all my friends' home phone numbers. And that was the only way I got a hold of people. And then you have Friendster and MySpace come out. And it was like the first real connector of mm -hmm. where people were. And we've progressed into such a era of now you can literally see locations of where your friends are at all times. Yeah. I'm seeing so many relationships blow up because they're like, well, I know you were on like 10 minutes ago and you didn't respond to me 15 right? minutes ago. So <laughs> or, or the iPhone message to the iPad that someone else sees. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. How many members do each of these accounts or is there is there is there a benefit to keeping them small and not overgrowing them? The, so that they stay somewhat niche. The goal for a lot of these guys was to continue to grow and grow and grow and then multiply those accounts into different genres. So some of the kids that I were working for were dealing with, you know, now that we're now that cannabis is such a big topic, you know, they were doing a lot of hip hop and cannabis pages because it just blended together in, in a lot of different ways. So, um, you know, some of them were doing workout pages that align with fashion pages and fitness page, nutrition, all kinds of stuff. So they would take their one account and then, you know, they understood that they could take that following and find a new niche based on that initial following by growing a new page. So they're, they weren't just about growing one page. They were about getting it to a certain point, which was like 50 to 100,000 followers and mostly on Twitter at the, at the beginning and then trying to develop that into other pages and other genres. And is that why we see so much on social media where it's like, hey, follow this page. Oh, yeah. if you like this content, follow this page. Are you saying past tense they were doing it or they're still doing they're it now, still, they're just doing it differently? They're still doing it, but you know, you see the great Twitter purge that just happened and like, you know, now there's all this stuff going on with Facebook and the SEC. So these kids that I talk about that are that are now probably in their, you know, very, very early 20s or 19 or 20 and 21. Mm -hmm. They're they're trying to figure out new way. I call them growth hackers because they they right. see the algorithm for what it is, see it for where it's going to go. So they are constantly trying to find new ways to get the same following and develop those followings and find new niches and find new ways to make their account successful so that they can find the the next big thing to share it out and get stuff to share and trend. They're all about trending. They're all about growth. They're all about finding ways to get more comments, likes, engagement, which is now the big topic. Mm. It used to be, you know, a few years ago, how many impressions can I get when I'm doing something in, in marketing on social media? Now people realize impressions don't really mean much. Yeah. It's all about engagement or about converting onto an app or conversion rate optimization. So people are getting smarter, but it takes somebody like, you know, somebody who's a couple steps ahead to realize that and then come up with these curated accounts that they can then get a following that are just commenting and liking and developing just an audience based on that. It's fascinating. So we talked last week about, you know, companies and brands working with influencers let's talk about companies and brands working with these teenagers or low twenties people who manage all these accounts. What are those relationships like? What are brands coming to these people with and saying, Hey, here's how we want to get this content out. And what does that deal and relationship look like? Well, you know, and I think one of the interesting things, um, with, with being in a, in a corporation that, that has this kind of an access is it's not necessarily about, um, going to somebody and saying like, okay, uh, this is what I charge per post and this is what I do. I like to go to people and say, what's your budget and what are you looking for? Cause it's changed now. It's not just an impression game. Like we just said, yeah. it's, what are you looking for? Do you want downloads to an app? Do you want comments on a, on, um, like a movie that's coming out? Do you want people to start sharing? What do you want to do? And then we, based on that budget, can find a big celebrity and pair it with these younger kids that have these pages that align with the demographics. These kids, in a sense, are data scientists. They're curating audiences, curating age groups, curating hobbies and interests, but then using that to pair with, you know, whether it be movie studios or with brands that, you know, or with, you know, young rappers that are trying to get big. Sounds like those pages are so much more valuable. I mean, I work with a lot of influencers that aren't data scientists. And if they were, how many, how much more would they be able to charge? 
And yeah. I think pricing is really difficult for everybody right now because it's, it's hugely the, difficult. I have brands that I'm talking to that essentially want to know exactly what their return is going to be. And until I go price out what those posts are going to cost, how many impressions those people normally get. I mean, before I even close the deal, they're already starting to ask me to do the work. And so it's hard, right? As, mm -hmm, a, yeah. as a business person, like mm -hmm. you want to get into the work, but you know, when you're a consultant or you're, you're charging people on a retainer, yeah, it's difficult because you're like, okay, well, I'm basically doing a lot of the work up front to hope that I can close this account. It's difficult. And it's, yeah, it's really difficult. It's hugely difficult because you're honestly just putting yourself on a, on a limb saying, you got to trust what I'm doing and trust the process. Now, the one thing that I've learned and what's really caused me to kind of go off on my own and start doing some projects on this is because I've met these people, they offer guarantees now, which is something that I've never even heard before. So, you know, what are they media companies used to do like Upworthy and, yes. and Buzzfeed, they would say you're going to get this many impressions no matter what. Right. Like yeah, I'll they keep would posting yeah. until you get this many yes. impressions. And, okay. But that was in the impression game. Now it's become something where these guys know that they can get comments and shares. So case in point, I did a uh, I did a deal in January with a company. Um, uh, it was a, a company based, you know, out of out of the country. They were looking for more of a U.S. following a big, big app company out there. And they were, um, you know, really worried about finding the right kind of piece of content. So I was trying to pair them for the longest time with an influencer that agreed with them and, a, and somebody on YouTube and or somebody on Facebook or Instagram. And it, I went through months of trying to do the work to try and find the right person. They finally found somebody that I just happened to give them that they were like, we love this guy. We love the stuff that he does on YouTube. He had a huge subscriber base. But with these accounts and with these other pages that I could supplement the views on, I was able to structure a deal with them in about a month and a, it took about two months to structure the deal, but I could offer them a guarantee of views, a guarantee of when we were going to hit those views because I knew that I had all of these other accounts that we could push these views through because that was all they were looking for at the time. Now, if they were looking for conversions, it would have been a completely different campaign, but they were looking for eyeballs. So we structured a deal with a major influencer. We paid him for his time and for editing the video, but then I gave him the option, you know, and with that came a guaranteed view that I tried to get him to hit, which was reasonable. And we covered the other half for a fraction of the cost. So we ended up saving, you know, an incredible oh, amount of money. Oh, you cover the cost with media spend? I cover the cost with the media spend so from these smart. other pages because we could take that same video and post it on Facebook and share it through these faceless accounts that agreed with the same demographic that they were looking for, US-based audience, male, female, certain age groups. So we found a list of them, gave them the list, make sure we approved it, and we pushed that all at the same time. And it honestly helps make things travel when you have 30 accounts post at the same time because the relevancy on the algorithm will go up. Right. So it's become a new game with these kids because I'm going to keep saying kids, so forgive <laughs> yeah. me. But they they know what they're doing and they can almost see within, you know, 10 minutes to an hour whether or not they're going to hit the numbers on there or whether or not they need to do another post. But they're platform specific, right? Like you're talking about Facebook right now? Facebook, right. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Not so much YouTube. The YouTube, uh, it actually came from a YouTube video. So the person who was doing was a prank video. Um, and then talking about the app within that video. And we, we agreed, again, a lot of the work for us comes into agreeing on what the script's gonna be, what the right. actual video's gonna well, have. That's the biggest part. Yeah. Talking about faceless accounts, I'll give you guys a little insight into something I'm doing that is kind of uh, an experiment. We partnered with somebody that has, we basically have a proprietary software that allows us to scan an influencer's face and superimpose it in incredible reality, like it looks very wow. real, uh, into a mock video. Mm -hmm. So us three could go shoot a, a piece of content, shoot it 10 different ways, and essentially split test the content with the influencer's face on it. Now, right now we're just using it internally to pitch and sell the 
brand on mm -hmm. the specific influencer. So it actually helps the influencer get the deal because mm -hmm. they could picture how it's going to look without the yeah. influencer having to do any work. Sure. How it might, you know, grow in the future wow. is is going to be interesting. I'm extremely interested. In that. Well, I think <laughs> I think it's important to note I feel like too. The evil scientists. This, yeah, right? These faces accounts Excellent. are not getting rid of the influencers. They're working together. Yeah. And so this is not like, oh, influencers are going away. No, influencers are still there helping make the content. These are sharing that content. Well, they are the face and they, they're going to remain the face of these big okay. brands. What we're trying to do is is not put the pressure because honestly, it's a win win with some of these pages. I can tell the company a guarantee. So the brand feels safe knowing that they're putting their money in something. And if I don't hit it, you know, obviously we're going to get penalized on something or other. The, mm -hmm. the celebrity doesn't feel like they have to hit that certain number. So they're worried about the payment that they're going to get and their payment getting cut because they didn't hit the numbers that they wanted to do. What's the time frame that you give the, the post to get to the number that you're supposed it, to get to? It really depends, but depending on how on the budget and all those other factors, I mean, right. I've seen, I've seen us hit numbers in a week and that, I, I've seen numbers hit, you know, in the hundreds of millions of impressions or even in the views. We've done it in like two or three weeks, but we've used a couple hundred accounts. Now, that costs a lot of money. So obviously that comes into the budget, the timing, all that stuff comes into right. the budget. But if we have the numbers that we're constantly getting from these faces accounts that they're showing their average view counts, we can pretty much see those numbers and then say, okay, we're going to be able to post on these accounts because again, they don't have a face. They don't have a general message. We can post multiple times on these accounts, but we're getting uh, uh, sort of a, a estimated count based on what we're seeing on a weekly basis, a daily basis. So that's interesting. I mean, world, I was just thinking about world star hip hop, right? Yeah. That one, they, it's pretty much all ad placements, but they're very, I guess they must be thoughtful about what they allow to go on there because sure. it doesn't feel like you're getting advertised mm. to, yes. right? The funny thing about WorldStar is that they're they're more geared towards uh, the rap game. So you'll see a lot of them promoting new rap videos and those don't stay, I don't believe they stay on the page for very long, but a lot of the promos that they've gotten into are because of their new owner, which I believe is Ben Baller, who has a huge equity in it. So it's a lot of... Uh, promoting the chains that he's he's selling and promoting the actual hip hop videos. So you'll see like the World Star premiere release. Right. You know, they've gone away from doing a lot of the fight videos because obviously those break the terms of service and they'll get their accounts banned. Um, but they're doing a lot of rap promo. They're doing a lot of um, cannabis promo. Um, so you see it in different ways. So again, it's just one of these faceless pages that has built a niche into a certain advertising market. Yeah. The lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Page. It's a lifestyle, yeah. faceless, whatever you want to call it. It's it's a page that doesn't have an actual face to it, but they have an idea behind it. That but the they ones market. that are successful, I feel like they're set up as media companies. Yeah, well, they, they have they, a media kit. They say this is how many impressions. I mean, if you go on, you know, Meredith, I think MeredithCorp.com or whatever that that page is, and then you go into, you know, self magazine mm -hmm. it'll tell you how what the distribution is how many impressions and obviously you know if it's a health magazine that it's going to get that that's a certain target sure. mm -hmm. the influencers in my experience the ones i'm dealing with aren't really putting together their their rate cards that way of course because they don't know how and i think those companies are and i think the 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 growth hackers that you're talking about are sort of like what I'm trying to create are, are creative directors so that they can look at a product and say, okay, this is how I would, I would execute it. You know, and that's why yeah. I try to, I don't even want to call them influencers. I'm like, okay, you want to work with me? You're the creative director for this campaign. Let's go through it and see exactly how you would launch it on your page. How is it going to resonate with your audience? And that's, I think what they like. I think the ones that I'm working with, that's sure. kind of, they like that better than, then they're just a, you know, they're just getting a brand deal or whatever. Of course. And, and that's, the, you know, especially there's, there's two sides of it, which is these faceless accounts, which are trying to become these big media entities. All of them are trying to do that. They've just started at such a young age that they haven't realized that that's the potential that they have. So they create all these accounts yeah. 
and then they start diversifying these accounts and then eventually they get to be like the Uproxx or or these huge, yeah. huge companies, but not many of them make it uh, for whatever reason. So is there is that duality of there's the celebrity side of things and there's the faceless side of things and you have the influencers right. that are trying to create a brand while not tarnishing their own brand. Right with that we, so we've been we've been thinking about exactly what we want to do with influences.com because it's such a valuable domain mm -hmm. and I think what I'm leaning towards is to create sort of like a Condé Nast of mm -hmm. influencers that fit together yeah. adventure travel mm -hmm. and have their content that they've made show up as, on the website with you know, written content so that mm -hmm. the search engines can pull them up because you can't, it, it, Instagram doesn't index the Instagram posts. So if it's you post something, network. exactly. So if you post mm. something about travel and then I'm like, oh, Jay Alvarez travel or jumping off of a, out of a plane, you'll never find it. It's just a video. It's not actually there. Well, exactly. Somewhere. And that's completely calculated too. Instagram and Facebook, and I hate to say that because they're probably listening in and through my phone <laughs> or something like that, but they <laughs> want to keep their audience completely within their within their their search engine or Smart. their platform because they don't want people going to the competition, which is YouTube and Google and you know all the different search engines and things like that because it takes people away from their app. So there's a reason why when you go and search, you're not going to find anything but their name. So that you go in and then you go down the rabbit hole of being on Instagram for yeah. 35 minutes right. and then you realize yeah. you're watching memes for God and knows the, what. And the influencers don't seem to not realize. Not that that's a bad thing. About <laughs> it's not a bad meme thing at all. And cat videos. The yes. cat videos. I do that all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like the influencers would have so much more equity in something. You, I heard that when about.com launched, I don't know if it's the same, they basically would split the revenues with their mm. writers. So hmm. if you had ad revenue coming in from like your display, the display networks, you were getting half of that mm -hmm. profit or some percentage of that profit. That's what I'm thinking of maybe doing with the influencer pages where they can have, you know, they can have blogs on there. It's, it's like what Betches does. If you swipe up on their, on their page, you're going to go to a story that they, that's written. Sure. It's their page. They own it. So many influencers are like websites. Who goes on websites? Like, Why? And you mentioned like at the beginning of the of podcast, of you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast about influencers not wanting to create these faceless pages. Do you think that could be an option or why do you think they don't want to use their leverage of following to create these pages and, and I do I think this? they're doing it in another way. Um, and I think the name of the game is about being ubiquitous. It's about being at everywhere at once and, and about being on all platforms, on all search engines, on anywhere you can possibly be because there are so many different free available audiences that you can curate so why not curate them all so there are so many companies out there that are trying to go for that big play which is put your content everywhere have it seen by everybody so that you can pull in all your analytics into one place so that you can see how you're doing from all different angles and then ad companies are going to eat that up because if they finally if they, if if there's a company out there um that can that can breach that gap and get you to be SEO optimized, to get your content to be optimized, to get you to yeah. be searchable on 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 both search engines and social, and have all those analytics in one place. You've basically won the game of content, you know. So, yeah, but I think that the influencers, the big ones, they don't have the time to curate another. This is a full time sure. job to sure. curate Obviously, those yeah, sure. accounts. If I had a billion followers, I would hire three different people to run three different accounts. Sure. I would have one running my dog's page, mm -hmm. I would have one running my food page, and I would have one running what I wear. And that would have its own content if I, like where I would post other influencers, because none of them on their own pages unless it's their friends, really want to help anybody else grow. Well, of course, of course. It's why, you know, the <laughs> first the first person involved. I started was with a friend and I was just because, you know, I, I wanted to see what the world was like, you know. So um, I do think that you see these people that have the millions of followers now and they do have teams of people behind them, you know. There's a reason why the Kevin Hart's and the Lowell Networks, he has a full team working on it. You know, well, the ones fans. that have full teams, 
Kim K, Kevin, yes. they're successful, but there are probably thousands of top tier influencers that aren't doing this. And sure. maybe they're going to figure it out, but there's so much opportunity, but they have to run it like a media company. I yeah. saw, I think it was James Charles uh, was like a, having a Twitter war. He's a makeup guy mm -hmm. and he was kind of complaining about how the influencers don't get paid what celebrities get paid and you know they're getting more distribution than tv networks and this and that but i would challenge that and say how many salespeople do you have working for you how many graphic designers do you have working exactly. for you how many content writers do you have working? right they don't have the infrastructure to do that i mean i'm not saying they can't build it but until they can it's not going to be apples to apples well, and well, that's 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 exactly why you see guys like Dwayne Johnson that are succeeding. They just did seven bucks production. He's really diversified so much. Kevin Hart's doing that now. You see people out there that are hungry for that, like Will Smith, who's now getting into Instagram in a big way. Big. I mean, in a huge way. And he didn't do that just overnight. It was a lot of calculated planning. So, you know, there are people out there that are starting to get it, but they're not enough, which is completely true. And if well, they had the insight and the knowledge to know that, you know, it's it, it takes a little bit of effort, it takes a little bit of this, and it's a slow play. But to get there, once you get there, you've made it, is something that's I, I hope will slowly happen. Yeah, and, I, and the problem is, sorry, go ahead. I just, no, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a quick lesson. That, I mean, we talked about this at one of the earlier episodes of Hollywood 2.0, too, is with music festivals that didn't want to expand because they think, oh, it's going to hurt my viewership. Oh, I want to stay in this one vein because this is where it is. And I don't want to broadcast live because I'm going to split my audience. I'm going to do everything else. It grows your audience. You can't have that attitude of, oh, if I start this second account, oh, that's going to split my audience. You're going to get bigger. You're going to have more outlets. You're going to have more control. I I had a great example. I had somebody who reached out to me. It was, it was somebody I worked with and he said, hey, can you just delete my Twitter? And I went, what do you mean? And he goes, I only have like 70,000 followers on there. Oh like, it's like 50,000. He's like, can you just delete? I don't use it. I, I was like, I was like, no, because that's, <laughs> that's 50,000 people that you can reach out to for something at any time. Those people yeah. aren't going anywhere. They're and waiting you for you push to push content yes. towards your Instagram. These are free towards audiences your Facebook, towards wherever. This is like oh an gosh. audience that never goes away. It's like having the ones that don't care about their Facebook. Oh, I just I have eight million followers, but I don't do anything with it. Yeah, I, ha I have a, a person that we were with that has a hundred million followers on it and, and Facebook, and they do not monetize it. Do not do anything. They just repost whatever they're posting on Instagram. Of course, and that happens to a lot of that happens to a lot of big celebrities because they obviously don't have the time to be doing it a lot, and they but they they also don't understand that that is an audience that's just waiting to be used for a movie promotion, a right. brand promotion, yeah. a charitable organization. Mm -hmm. You know, I see so many big celebrities that want to get involved in charities and things like that, but they don't understand the power of their social media to help drive that. You know, so there's a huge, you know, and, and it's understandable when you're making movies all the time or when you're an athlete that's it's got a ton of games and you're like trying to do this and then trying to get into brands. It's a lot of work. Right. But you hire know? someone. Yes, that's what the, they don't even. For, first of all, they don't know who to hire. And the people that they're hiring are like their cousins, mm. uh, wife's friends, you know, or whatever. Some not that that person isn't great. No, exactly. But they're not experienced. Well, there's a trust issue when it comes to it. It's like, are, yeah. if I if I do that, am I going to be able to get what I want and get that message across? Because honestly, when you're hiring somebody, you're hiring somebody honestly to be your voice, mm -hmm. to be that person that knows exactly what you want to say, how you want to say it, and will be able to be there when you're not there to, to honestly be kind of like your ghost right like a ghostwriter for you to make the content and they can approve it and things like that but they're scared to do that because one wrong move or one wrong thing that can say in the public sphere can ruin somebody mm -hmm. we've seen it all the time happen all the time. we talked about big names obviously you know, kevin hart the rock will smith are they using multiple pages to be able to promote their stuff or is that they, they just have a hundred million. Well, they're using their name, which is which they're making their name into a franchise almost. So okay. like, so like it's become a thing where The Rock has made so many movies because he's got the numbers, he's got the engagement. Mm -hmm. He's the high. He was the highest paid actor, I believe, last year. Yep. Wow. Yep. In in Hollywood, and it was because he was constantly. He is so like he's so calculated, 
he has every 15 minutes of his day planned out and it includes social media and it includes having his production company being managed by the right people and having his team that he trusts solely and completely. And I, you know, I, I don't know who is exactly doing that, but whoever's doing that is in, in embodying him perfectly mm-hmm. if he's not reviewing it all the time, which he might even be doing. But he has such a hands-on approach that movie studios then look to that and that's why he's making so many movies, I feel, is because he's taken such an active approach in everything that he does. There are certain people in Hollywood that definitely make everything that they do a passion and they make it, they try and make it the best that it can be. So you see these Will Smiths out there, these Kevin Arts, these rocks that are constantly going to be in movies and they're constantly going to hit box office numbers because they're engaged in every single way, shape and form. Will Smith was a little late to the game, but he's majorly picked it up. Is that because you think of the Kevin Hart's because of the rocks? I think that had potential. I I would like to think that some of that was his family, you know, his kids telling him, look, you got to get on here. Yeah. That's who he collaborated with. It was his own family. (laughs) That was an easy one because they already trust those people. When you guys were just talking about the rock, it made me think about how sometimes brands and people are afraid to collaborate with other influencers because they think, you know, what if they tarnish my brand? The Rock did several YouTube videos with Logan Paul and mm-hmm. it was and a Kevin funny Hart. Yeah, and yeah. Kevin Hart. It was kind of funny because they ended up cutting Logan out of the movie. But even after all this stuff that happened, they didn't get nothing happened to their brand because no. they did something with Logan. And so I think people should be a little bit less fearful of trying something new. Uh, we're working with a couple different big celebrities and and they they're like, well, I don't want to do anything that makes me look stupid, you know, or I don't want to be with an influencer. You know, how is that? How are the A-list people going to look at mm-hmm. me if I'm doing something with so-and-so? But I don't think that's the right attitude to have. And, and now there's case studies of the, probably the worst, you know, the worst thing that could have happened to an influencer yeah. who did collaborations with celebrities and it didn't do anything to those celebrities. Well, and I, I completely agree with that. And people, and I know this, you know, part of what I do is I, I try and talk to the teams at Instagram and bring people in because these, they're honestly trying to get these large influencers to come in to either talk to them about how to reinvigorate their their um, their Facebooks or their Instagrams, how to collaborate with the right people with the right followings and how to really make things big. Case in point, uh, you know, it, like people like Will Smith didn't just start with just their family support. They were working with Instagram to figure out how to make this thing. And it was the silliness. It was the rawness of what they do and them being goofy that people want to see. You know, I've I've tried to talk to all of the people that I work with it's not the stuff that they want to see that they see every day on talk shows and things like that it's the stuff that they're doing in the real world that Chris Pratt is a perfect example of this he shows stuff with his kids he shows stuff with his family he shows himself being goofy being he's on the farm yeah he's being an idiot he's he does these segments where Mm -hmm. it's like you know he's talking about like stupid things that's happening like you know, the wardrobe that he has to do when he's picking, going on a press tour. Yeah. You know, I recently, not professional. Yeah. It's personal. It's personal, but people want to see that. They don't want to, they're, they're going on Instagram because they want to see their stories. They don't want to see something that's developed. That's, you know, something that's been produced and stuff. They want something that's raw and they want something that they won't get to see anywhere else, but there. Yeah, I, I agree. I also, when we had our summit in Austin, there was a conversation about, Vine 2 that was going to potentially yeah. be a new platform. Vine 2? Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know if it's happening. I guess the, the owner, the, the original founder, Ted tweeted something. Oh, he something. wants to relaunch. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Which, you know, those guys started uh, HQ, the, yeah. the, yep, the, the uh, yeah. what's it called, the game show. Yep. But anyway, the overwhelming majority of the influencers said, I'm not going to go on Vine 2. It's like they're so hurt by the platforms because the platforms yeah. have been able to make so much money sure. from them pushing them that now they're, okay, we're going to start Zeus, you know, or we're going to do our own thing. And now everybody, it's funny, just it doesn't matter if it's a platform or if it's a company, they're like, well, I'll start my own company mm-hmm. and I'll hire my own people. And I remember being young and like feeling that way too. So that's yeah, also sure. why I think they don't listen to people sometimes when they're like, you should do it this way. 
It's got to be hard for them because it's, they have so many people coming at them. It's got to be super hard. Well, and you're also at the mercy of whatever platform that comes out, which is it goes into the point where you need to have a presence everywhere because we've seen the big Vine or not, not Vine, uh, YouTube purge where people started leaving YouTube because the rates dropped. And I've personally seen people that were making anywhere from 60 to $120,000 a month when rates were good. And then they dropped so low that they lost their whole business and income and were struggling for a long time and started having to sell out and use brands to just supplement the income that they were losing from the rates changing. So there's a lot of fear, I think, when it comes into new platforms coming up that that's going to happen again. And So a question that I have is when the influencers are pairing with these faceless accounts, whether it's them directly pairing or whether it's you developing a deal where you say this is X amount of dollars, we're going to spend X amount on the influencers and Y amount on the faceless accounts. Is the deal brokered looking at the extra eyes and ears that the influencers are getting as well? If they're doing this content, it's going out to how many people who are linking back to their account. Is there any benefit there? If if you're a, if you're good at trying to broker a deal, you obviously can try and show them the benefit of them being a part of this. Like okay. to show somebody as a celebrity that if I can add this amount to this campaign and let these people also post for you, you're mm -hmm. going to get new eyeballs on there. You're going to get 20 million new eyeballs on you yeah. linking back. You would think that would be more valuable to them. I had a deal with a brand that spends around $600,000 a month on wow. Facebook ads. Yeah. And so I told a couple of the influencers, I'm like, look, if you make content on their pages and they're pushing you to new audiences, it's great for you. And they're Influencer, yeah, some of them are kind of like people don't realize don't the care. value of eyes and ears. Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, and, and some of them do get it. Like Julius Dean, for example, told me that that how he built he has I think thirteen million or probably now fourteen million followers on Facebook, and the way that he did it was he worked with a brand page that was getting had a lot of views, and I think he would give them one branded video and two videos of just him doing his uh, magic. And that was when he had like 100,000 followers. And then because they were posting him so much, everybody started sharing it. And Facebook is so easy to share stuff, I think, versus Instagram sure. or anything else. That that's how he grew so big. And he really figured out Facebook. Now Julius is like, OK, how do I figure out YouTube? Because it's, it's a different game per mm -hmm. platform. A, a good example different. is Maria Menounos, who was the E! News, ho e News anchor and I mean, basically the female Ryan Seacrest, the work that she's done. And she is now in 70% of movie screens on Nuvi. The pre-movie goes in there, does, hey, welcome to so-and-so cinemas, blah, 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 blah. When they approach for that deal, they're like, oh, we can't afford you. And they're like, when did we ask about money? We're getting in front we're getting her face yeah. in front of 70% yeah. of all movies yeah. that people are seeing. Yeah. Like, Huge. don't worry about the money. The money is going to come from the back end. That's why we want to do it. And it's, it's huge. So true. When actually, when I, around the time when I purchased influences.com, I remember the biggest thing that motivated me to get it was that, that fact of you know, you're the, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. Well, now the people we spend the most time with are King Batch and <laughs> Will Smith and yeah. right. And so the more they're in your life and the more you feel connected to them, mm -hmm. the more they influence you to mm -hmm. perhaps purchase or change your mind about something. Sure, right. Sure. They're, they're in your life. They're a lot every of, day. I, I think though there is a lot of fear though from celebrities in that they don't want to tarnish their brand by putting out too much of other brands not that not not their own so like promoting other things so like celebrities really have a hard time saying hey guys come check out this because it completely devalues everything that they've been building so it's a yeah. it's a give and take it's when, definitely a give when and they're take. really big i'll never forget it must have been like six or seven years ago but snoop dogg was in san diego and i had known him from my flux days yeah and we went to a video shoot and one of my friends had a dispensary at that time. I don't know if it was legal back then, but anyway, it's, it's legal now. Um, it's actually a limitation. Yeah, but, but I remember they made me like a care package and I brought it to Snoop. So I wasn't thinking he was going to do anything, but I give it to him and he's like, 
pull up your phone, little mama. <laughs> I'm like, what? Cause, and, and he goes, let me make him a video. So I literally, I put the, the camera on him and he's like, hey, this is your boy Snoop Doggy Dogg. You know how he's at? He's like, I just want to say a big thank you to so-and-so, you know, whatever it was called. And I mean, and that's that was really cool to me wow. because it re I realized like when you're that big, you just like you give love back and you don't care. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Like, I mean, what was that worth to him? Nothing. And, he, and I didn't even ask him. You know, I don't know. If, I don't know if he amazing. would do it now. But like, it. You know, there's just some people that that have made it, and they're not counting. The tip well, that's for why tab. even sure. you know, big influencers, you'll get gift. They'll companies will just send them stuff and be like, it's worth the risk if one person can put it in or two people. I mean, the apparel company that I work for, it's like, hey, we're launching this new thing. Yeah, let's just send it out. Let's well, get these addresses, send it out. If one person does it, what do you have? Two hundred dollars worth yeah. of That's a great yeah. point, actually. There? Yeah. there was a there was a YouTube way back in the day about Mark Echo and how he started his brand was simply from gifting all of his stuff. He made custom he made custom mm. shirts for a bunch of different people like Jay Z, and they started rocking it. So that gifting economy and doing that stuff does pay off in a in a big way sometimes. I mean, there's several companies that that's their entire strategy now. Mm -hmm. And we were in a meeting, it's funny, with my team the, 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 on the management side where, you know, they have to kind of go after the influencers sometimes to yeah. make sure that they post whatever they got paid to do or whatever. Yeah. But when they ask them to post on Twitter about their free Postmates that they're getting, which, by the way, they don't get paid for, they're like... Where's my Postmates? I'll tweet. I'll do whatever. Like they, they yeah. if they're hungry now, Hopper's yeah. doing it apparently with uh, flights. Flights. So Love if you think app. about what young people care about in the now, because they're very much the now economy, you can create value doing just that. You sure. know, giving away products that they want. And if you're really smart, even if your company was completely the opposite of of those things, you can still provide those things to them. Maybe sure. for you know, because they're, they're still posting for those brands. Do you think a lot of people realize what is sponsored and what is not in a post? Because there's a, some posts that are like, literally it says hashtag sponsored. You're saying, man, I love this Snickers bar. Well, the FTC, uh, the FTC or the SEC have both gotten heavily involved on making sure that that there are sponsored and ads because we all saw what happened about Firefest, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. The only person that did not get in trouble because Firefest, we all know, was a complete scam. It, it turned it, it was an utter disaster, and you know the only person that did not get in trouble because they had shot fake videos of girls on yachts partying. The only person that didn't get in trouble was Emily Radzikowski because she put hashtag ad on everything that she did because she had the foresight wow. to know that this was not something that I'm going to either she wasn't going to be going to or she she knew that this was just an ad. She was the only one that didn't get in trouble for doing that because she put ad and this was before all the wow. all this the Firefest was a big reason why the you know the ads were had to be placed on these things was because but for it was product such a fiasco. placement do you still have to put ad or sponsored oh yeah, oh, yeah. no mean, matter or, what or, it is or you just get you put paid partnership with yes in paid okay. partnership or hashtag ad or there are ways to do it sponsored and things like that but Facebook's trying to make it a lot easier so is Instagram is that the, the same for the faceless accounts uh so that's that's kind of an interesting story because a lot of faceless accounts that don't do that will end up getting cease and desist or things like that, which is why you see these big purges on stuff like that. So mm. it is a balance about making it look organic for these guys, which is why they some of them are very cheap when they do these things. Um, they can charge a few hundred dollars for a post and they can get you know some of the same engagement that a big person would get on there. But you have to make it to where they're actually endorsing that because they like it, you know, so. I like the ones that say hashtag you know, partner or yeah. hashtag yeah. advocate. I, yes. I feel like ad is just like, oh, well, and ad and sponsor. Like if you're going to make a t-shirt, literally make a t-shirt that says hashtag sponsored. Yeah. It'd be <laughs> great. It'd you be guys great. have to follow We have this guy from the bachelor that literally he was the villain on the bachelor. So he wasn't getting, I did you see his that. stuff? Yes. Which, oh my God. Which one? <laughs> it was, so it was bad, bad Chad from, yeah. from the bachelor. Chad so Johnson, right? Chad Johnson. Yes. So we're sitting at dinner and he's like, Ari, I can't get any brand deals, you know, because the brands are like, oh, he's the bad guy. Why would we want to work with sure. him? But he has such high engagement. People think he's funny. 
And I saw from from the beginning, I'm like, he's valuable. We just have to figure out what kind of content he should mm -hmm. be posting. So I would always bring things to him. And he was like, no, I'm not going to do that. No, that's an affiliate deal. No, I don't want to do that. And finally, I think he was just like, OK, Ari, wh what do you want me to post? So I said, I think you should post this. He's like, you know what? Screw it. I'll post whatever you say. Give them all to me. He's like, you know what? I'll, I'll post them all. And so then we started this campaign called Chadvertising, where he literally <laughs> was taking pictures with things like uh, he was in a, a, a G-Wagon and he put hashtag sponsored and hashtag ad. And I was like, I wonder what would happen if you if you put uh, paid sponsorship with yeah. Mercedes. He did it. Didn't get in trouble or anything. But it was so funny. All the comments started to be like, we love your content. This is hilarious. Yeah, this is genius. I did that with, uh, I did that with, uh, I went and traveled with Scott for a while and we did uh, one where, you know, when he was in Tokyo, I just had him dancing the whole time and we tried to convince people that he was going to change his page into just an exclusive dancing page <laughs> and people oh. went crazy for it. So now every time he does it, he's singing Tina Turner. He's singing, you know, so um, he's singing Diana Ross in the car and he's dancing whenever he's doing stuff looking like, you know, it's very authentic and it's cute and it plays so much better because it's their own little twist on mm -hmm. the, the, the ridiculousness of social media and where it's gotten to, but how funny and enjoyable it can be when you make it that way. Right. You know? Yeah. It, it, this reminds me of when I went to New York, I met Kay Brown from Betches actually. So she taught me a bunch of little Instagram hacks. And she was showing me that if you do like a hashtag, a popular hashtag on a story or you put a location on a story that there's a high chance that your video will trend, mm -hmm. your story will trend on Instagram. So, for example, let's say that we're creating a story right now mm -hmm. and I put the L.A. location tag. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't want it to show, I can make it tiny, tiny. Yes, yes, that's a big Instagram thing. They tell that with a lot of celebrities. They say, well, because celebrities don't want to get paparazzied. And that was one of the biggest realizations that I had was when I was traveling with somebody and I was posting where I was, like trying to show my friends. It was like I was also showing all of the paparazzi where we were at all times. <laughs> so it was like one of those little tricks. If you don't want people to know where you are, you minimize it to where they can't even see it or you right. cover it up with something else. Yeah. It's genius. And you still get the credit. You still get the credit. You still get the location. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what other uh, tips? Any other tips? She showed me. She showed me so many cool tips. Shout out to Kay Brown. She, if you use the highlighter tool mm -hmm. and you hold it down on a story when you're posting it, mm -hmm. it'll make the whole page that color. So you can, and then you can take the eraser and erase over it. So it kind of gives you an op opaque effect. Mm. You'll just have to use it. Wow. I'll show you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's I, awesome. I will say that Instagram for verified users, and this is for any verified user, if you want to go in and get a full page breakdown of your stuff, they will give you all those tips and tricks. So, I mean, if anybody's, you know, out there that really is kind of lost on where to go, they, they don't just give you the analytics that you get on your, on your analytics page. For being, speak, yeah. yeah. No, well, on, for being a verified user, you get yeah. a small portion of analytics. Okay. They'll go in and give you all these tips and tricks, and they're always offering this to verified users. Can we talk in. about verification for a second? Because I feel like this is the... Mm. Until I moved to L.A., I didn't know anybody at Facebook. I didn't know anybody at any of the platforms. That blue check mark. And now worth. that I'm up here and I've met people, they are very nice, and, and they do want to help creators. But now I'm in this game. If I was somebody living in Ohio... You can't. You can't, you can't, right? It's the wild, wild Twitter west. is easier, I yeah. think, because you can, if you're a business or an organization or something like that. But how does Instagram do their verification? In in my experience, because you know it is a give and a take, they do have a support panel, but they only give that to people within it. So it's almost like you have to know somebody in Instagram, which is kind of a double-edged sword because the people that, for say, that I know with Instagram and that I deal with. I'm dealing with stuff that they want to deal with, obviously, because, you know, they're on the entertainment partnerships division and 
they do awesome projects and they're always doing cool stuff, but it's not their job to verify. So yeah. when I have to do stuff, it's almost and like Madman Meyer, you're not blue checkmark. You know people and you can't get I, a blue checkmark. I mark. don't want to do that because I don't want to ruin the relationship that I have. And it's uh, a give and yeah, take. Because when you have when you ask, it's like, oh, well, like, like I, I I, I'm not having asked either. You'll get ghosted, you know, yeah. because and and it's a true thing where you know if you're not, if you're if you're doing something for them, you know, then there's some leeway to say, hey, by the way, you know, I have a candidate that's doing that. Yeah. So, a lot of what I do on support is most I don't really like to deal with verifications. I'll deal with stuff that Instagram wants to see, like um, if if somebody's got a handle that they're looking for and the handle that's hasn't been used in like 10 years or like five years that's a legitimate thing for me to go to them and say hey listen like i have a i have a a, um, a uh, company that wants to take over you know a page and the page that they're looking for hasn't been used in three years it's an inactive account they'd like to get rid of that to keep their active accounts right. going. or if somebody for some reason for some unfortunate reason gets their phone hacked um, and they lose their account or it gets it gets blocked for some reason that they can't figure out and it ends up being somebody maliciously deleting their account. I like to go in and, and say, hey, I would like to show you these people. They're a verified user. They don't know who to talk to because they got verified a long time ago and, and they're having trouble. Mm -hmm. They lost their account. That's their whole business, you know? So I think they verify brands though too, right? They verify certain brands. You have to be a media company. You can't be like, they, they won't do anything like in the CBD range. They won't do anything in like anything yeah, that breaks think, terms of yeah. service, you know, but. So will the faceless accounts get verification? Uh, very rarely. Really? You very rarely, unless they're a big, unless they're not Brock's company. or unless they're a huge, because they're, they look for certain things for it. To, to qualify for a verification, it's very simple. You have to have a certain number of followers. You have to have a certain amount of traditional media that's about you, TV, radio, and print. And you have to have a reason for a verification, either you have imposter accounts where people can't find the real you or they're having trouble finding your name because it's not somebody took your handle like you know if somebody took like kim kardashian's handle and they own it and you have to be kim kardashian official that's a hard mm, way to it. say i'm the official one not the one that's kim kardashian so they'll verify certain people or even do name changes for people and merge other pages if it's the right reasons so a lot of people will come to me and say, hey, I need to get verified. I, I you know, like I want to do this like and that. And it's like, well, you don't really qualify. And I'm not going to try and bring that to somebody that I respect just to get you verified because you yeah. don't qualify for it's that. It sound like it's think? actually a hard, not just like a flip of a, I think a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? They just go flip a switch. Well, it's flip a well, button. It's the do, blue and the non-blue. They, they do. They do. And honestly, <laughs> I used to, you know, I used to, uh, work with the support team over there and they used to give out support panels to people back in the day on Facebook. Like the portals or whatever? The they don't do that anymore? They don't really do that anymore because so many people abused it. Yeah, and they were charging people, And right? they were charging people and it became one of those things where it's like they were almost like looking like the bad guys because they looked like they were accepting bribes and things like that. Who came up with that verification? Twitter? Uh, that was brilliant, tw right? Twitter, I believe, maybe MySpace? Maybe. I don't, I don't know if MySpace. MySpace no, it might have been Twitter. It might have been Twitter. Well, and it and was Facebook has two of them. Facebook has the gray check mark yeah. and the blue check mark. The gray one's easy to get though. Yeah, yeah. The, it's. I heard it's really hard to get verified on Twitter too now, and yeah. it's interesting because I know a guy that has a he does interviews with influencers and he reaches out to them and they respond simply because he has a verified account sure. and he doesn't have that many sure. followers. But it gives him instant credibility. Yeah. Do brands care about that in terms of whether you're a social media influencer or whether you're a faceless account? Does that hurt not of, to have? Uh, that? Oh, oh, of course. I mean, and it's it's a big battle for me to try and say, um, you know, like, hey, like, let's use a bunch of pages that aren't verified, you know, because there's there is that stigma that like I want to use a verified page because you know they're verified. That blue check mark goes a long yeah. way, but. I can honestly then tell them, you know, it's going to be a lot less if I, it, you know, I can scale this out to where you're reaching the same amount of people through a number of faceless accounts that aren't verified versus using a verified page because, you know, unless you're dealing with somebody that knows the game and knows what their worth is, mm -hmm. people will try and charge more just from that blue check mark. You know, they, there's a lot of people out there that 
that get a little cocky in the game and social media where they, they overvalue themselves. And I can tell from the engagement that they're getting that they're probably not worth what they're asking for, you know? For influencers, it probably doesn't matter as much. I mean, I don't know how many of the bachelor people are verified. Does it matter? It matters to their egos. Of course. Of <laughs> I don't course. think it matters really to the brands, to be honest with you. And Because they're actually someone that they can put a face to a name with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that it is more mainstream. What I saw when Shiggy, for example, blew up because of the Shiggy challenge, mm -hmm. he got instantly verified. I don't think he was verified before. That has a lot to do with a lot of people trying. And again, they, they, they start doing all these fan pages and all these stuff. And that's a, that's a reason because of the challenge that goes off. So right. they have Shiggy challenge pages. And then it becomes one of those things when you type in his name, there are so many different pages just about the challenge or just yeah. about him that. But let's be real. Media companies that spend a lot of money are going to have access to those things. I mean, of course. I pay attention to a lot of Gary Vee stuff. Mm -hmm. And every time he has a new project, a new page that goes out on Instagram, they're all verified. Well, and that is the game, which is if you spend money with us, you get to play ball with a lot of other things. Because they, you know, on, Facebook isn't just doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. Instagram isn't doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. At the same time, they are, they're a business. They're a private, you know, they're, they're a publicly traded business. But that's that, why I think it's hard. It's hard for people to wrap their head around because they'll see an account that, for example, my, I have my ex-boyfriend is verified. He has a thousand followers, but he played professional baseball sure. and I'm sure that they brought them all into a room and they were like hey this is how you set up your well, Instagram and this is how we're gonna get you verified local news I mean any local news station yeah it's that's like, oh yeah hey what well, can we give you your handle we'll immediately apply so many of those people have verification on Instagram but again Twitter, that's low count. that is literally because they have tr that traditional so there are certain yeah. metrics that they look for if you're on traditional media all the time that's why all news stations will be verified because they're a media company mm -hmm. and their news anchors are producing they're, they're on TV all day. So there are certain things. I've had a case where I had a young actress who was, she was about to be a Disney star. She had done some independent films. She had 880,000 followers and they denied her verification. And I was That's like, crazy. I don't really know what to tell you. I thought this was <laughs> going to be an ace in the hole. But. Yeah, it's interesting. How many people do you think are squatting on good Instagram handles? Oh, I had uh, back in the day, uh, and this was some of the first people that I worked with with when we got into the Instagram game. There were guys making good, good money. Um, they did the same thing that you know back in the domain days, where they were taking the um, they were taking the all the all the handles, all the domains, and selling them. And I knew kids. I still know some of the kids that had done that. Um, they would take like at Jay-Z, at Beyonce and then sell, sell them, them to them and say, wow. hey, you want it? Here, here's a, here, it, here it is. Tens of thousands. The game is crazy because it's not, there's no yeah, GoDaddy for Instagram handles. Like. I mean, and there are premium handles like the one word names, the four letter names. Those are coming back. They're coming back because these people have held on to them for so long. Now I, they're doing stuff with them? Well, I have guys, wow. I, and I have guys that I'm not going to name names, but they have these, uh, they have, they have price sheets that they'll send out like, hey, if you want at weed, I have it for $20,000. Wow. You want to buy it? Here it goes. I got influences trademarked because I read that you could get verification. This was like a year ago. Hmm. And I mean, back then I didn't know anybody at Facebook or Instagram or whatever. But it, even with the trademark, it's yeah. difficult. And I, I don't I have influences, Inc. And so I went on the person that has influences and I probably reached out to them like 20 times like over the last year you know once a month because I don't yeah. I didn't know if it was a good idea to reach out to them or not because I'm like well I don't want to get extorted you know, yeah. oh yeah they, they will oh do you need this oh yeah but actually it was kind of funny because the person that was on the other end of that account I think fault started following me and he was like oh she's like a nice person like he I think he just kind of started to have empathy now maybe another person thank god that i didn't that it wasn't somebody like okay well, how, how there, much money can i get out of this there, person there but. are ways like if they if they're inactive for 18 months it's a, it's a, it's grounds for somebody like you know if you have a connection to say they, they've been inactive i need that name you know obviously i'm going to be posting well I, I ended up reaching talking to him and i said well what can i do for you i mean i don't have a lot of money you know like Was what he asked me for a certain and, amount 
No, he actually said he saw my page and he was like, it's not, it seems like, you know, people like yeah. I want this handle that hasn't been used in five years. And I was like, okay, like, you know what? I'll do my best. Like, yeah. I thought that was cool. I mean, cause he could have gone yeah. around and, and, well, I've seen and you that. don't know who you're talking to. I'm like, is this somebody in India or yeah, is it somebody course. in the U S I've seen, I've seen horror stories where people get their accounts taken. Um, and they, they got merged with another page that claims to be that person and they send in a fake photo ID mm. and things like that. So I've tried wow. to, I, most of the cases that I pick up for Facebook issues or, or Instagram issues are ones that I feel bad for because they got, they got dealt a bad hand or like they were like, I've, I had somebody just recently, they got their cell phone told them that it's stolen, their SIM card was taken and they instantly went on their Instagram, changed the name because it was a verified user. Oh my gosh. And they took it from them. And so I'm actively trying to get that back for them. But it's a process. These things don't happen overnight, you and you have to verify. Feel we're lucky. I was the only MC on Instagram, and I, I, it was taken on Twitter, and I just messaged the girl. It was like Mary Catherine, and I was like, "Us MCs gotta stick together." And she was like, "Yeah, I don't use it anymore. Here you go." Those stories happen oh, all the time. Nice. I know that Mary Catherine wasn't. Yeah. Good. Yeah. See, sometimes you just get lucky. Sometimes yes. you just get lucky. <laughs> yes, but until then, we gotta keep grinding. We gotta keep pushing. <laughs> Always, and we're here for you. There we go. Well, that wraps up another episode of Hollywood 2.0, The Vigo Show, learning about what's next in the social media influencing. Trust me, if you're seeing content online, I think it's safe to assume you're being influenced. Is that yes? I would think you're safe to assume that. Well, nothing's authentic anymore, except for Chris Pratt's page. It's still very authentic. authentic. Good for you, Chris Pratt. There's still people I follow all the time that I think are authentic. And the other stuff, you know what? I will take an ad to be able to see a funny video on old people, stupid people doing things. <laughs> I think it's worth it. I don't know. Well, thank you very much, Madison it's Myers, pleasure. for joining us. WWW Wizard, social media savant, <laughs> Ariana Jacob, influences.com. Thank you so much again. And we miss Ben Vio. We miss you, Ben. Know, we, we miss, miss you. Ben. you. He's out doing important things. He is out doing important <laughs> things. He wanted me to shout out. He's sh- filming a chain smokers video tonight. So I think that qualifies. I think as that's important. okay. They're probably blue check. Are we going there after this? Yeah. Or? I think yeah. we're going to their uh, secret location afterwards. We'll just hit them up. And they'll let us in. Guys, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you so much for making us. I think we're still top 150 podcast in the world. I know we were like top 10, top 20 on business, which was incredible. All thanks to you guys trying to just provide you a little bit of the inside knowledge. You see a lot going on on this thing. We want to take you behind the scenes and we hope that we're doing just that. More, so much more to come. We'll see you next time. Okay. Hollywood 2.0. The Vigo Show.